Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Wednesday, May 5th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes, our tribe beat writer. Hoynesy, if you wanted to find somewhere to complain about Angel Hernandez for the next 20 minutes, you've come to the right place. Uh, here we are on this podcast where we will talk about all things Angel Hernandez and his horrific umpiring, as, as was showcased last night in the Indians' 7-3 win against the Royals. Uh, fortunately, it didn't cost the Indians anything, but there is a uh, the play that we will be talking about uh, for for a while. We're still scratching our heads over what Angel Angel Hernandez saw, how they arrived at the decisions to to place runners at different bases afterwards, and just what can be done about a guy who's so bad at his job, but nothing ever happens. Yeah, that, that was a strange, strange play. And Andrew Benatendi still doesn't know where, what base he belongs on. He was he was hung up between second and third base for like five minutes. I don't think he knew what was going on. So it was just a strange play. You know, and I guess Hernandez, he really didn't hustle out to, out to right field from first base. You know, he, he was kind of walking out there and lost the ball in the lights. And that's understandable. Those are those are tough lights to, uh, you know, lose a ball in, but I don't know. That, that was a really bizarre, bizarre uh, play and, and a ruling too as well. Right. Just to set the stage for, for those who didn't see the replay last night, uh, in the third inning, the Royals had se- uh, runners on second and third and Sal Perez at the plate. Uh, Perez sent a ball in the air to right center field. Uh, Harold Ramirez and Josh Naylor converged on it and looked like one of them was going to make the catch. Uh, neither of them did. The ball bounced off the warning track up against the wall and immediately to Naylor who threw into the outfield uh, and Benintendi who didn't know whether to, to tag up or uh, go to third sort of got hung up between the bases and uh, was tagged out actually by Ahmed Rosario because he was off the base. But uh, and, and as Whitmerfield scored a run that would have scored anyways, had there been a catch or not. Uh, Angel Hernandez, the first base umpire's responsibility was to go out and make sure that that catch was made out in right field. But because of the LED screens and the video boards on the wall, which sort of whitewash everything uh, with these bright lights, uh, it was really hard for him to see. And, and admittedly, Terry Francona said it's, it's hard to see with those lights. Uh, 
so Angel Hernandez said he guessed, and he guessed as to whether or not somebody made the catch. Uh, he ruled out, out, and Benintendi didn't know what to do. That's why he got hung up and tagged out. I still don't understand why uh, at that point it's not, you know, advance at your own risk. And once he's off the base, he's off the base and gets tagged out and end of story. But uh, the umpires got together, awarded Benintendi third base with Perez staying at first uh, because Perez wasn't going to go anywhere either way. He's, you know, 500 years old and, and too big to move. But just it sparked uh, just another review, I guess, uh, and, and a criticism of Angel Hernandez and his not only, uh, you know, just deficiencies in seeing plays to begin with, but then his inability to lead. And that was the crux of, you know, the judges ruling against him in the federal court uh, case where that, that didn't go his way. And we'll get into that later. Yeah, just, uh, I, I that, still, that was a lot points. Yeah, I understand that was a lot. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's just uh, it's just a strange, strange play, and I I still don't you know really understand why Benintendi was advanced third base. Um, that that that's uh, that was a surprise, and I guess they figured. I mean, if he if you know if they knew he dropped it, if they were going to try to position the players where they were they were, they thought they'd be. I mean, Benintendi could have scored easy on that play, right? I mean, there's no question about that. Right. But Benintendi wouldn't have known that they dropped it until he's halfway. You know, Let's hit. say he goes halfway. He's yeah. going to be halfway. He's he's he the most he could get was third base. I guess they assumed that. Uh, and, and that and that's correct. But when he's not safely on a base either way at the at, when the ball is coming back to the infield, uh, I don't understand why he's allowed to be safe after the play is over. Uh, we made a mistake. My bad. Here, you get a base. That that doesn't make sense. If if we're in the age of replay, where if even uh, if, if they come off the base during a steal from oversliding for even a fraction of a second, they're out. Then why isn't he out for not being off, uh, not being on a base somewhere? That, yeah. That's the part that doesn't make sense to me. And what if, what if you know if uh, Hernandez Angel Hernandez said, what if he said I you know he he didn't make up a call and just said no call. I mean, what happens then? I mean, maybe, or he just says a play's dead and then maybe they convene and, and try to get something worked out. I, I don't know. I don't know what happened. Because Angel Hernandez has to make a call in, in the moment in that situation. He has to say something one way or another, safe or out, or that otherwise nobody knows what to do. Yeah. Uh, and, and you saw, you know, Rusty Koontz, the, the, the Royals first base coach, and uh, Vance Johnson, the uh, um, third base coach, either didn't hear or didn't know what the call was. People were looking around saying, you know, what's the call? What's the call? And that's one of the reasons why Benintendi was hung up. But again, you penalize the Indians by, by saying, oh, well, I didn't make the call or I wasn't loud enough or strong enough with the signal or, or whatever. And on the replay, you can see Hernandez walking out to the outfield. He wasn't sprinting. Yeah. And he was making a casual, you know, movement with his arm for the, for the out because he didn't know. In the interview with the pool reporter after the game, he basically admitted to guessing on the call, which you can never do as an umpire. You're, you are at the top of your sport, and you've admitted that you guess and make up calls. You can't do that. And 
he then tried to say, well, I was, as, as everybody can see, I was blinded by the scoreboard. Well, yeah, but that's why you're, you know, a crew chief on a major league baseball umpiring crew. You've got to do things like be in the right spot at the right time and hustle out there. And, and really he just sort of Cadillac it. And that's why we're in the situation we were in. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I, it could have been, you know, there was only what one out at that time. Correct. So, I mean, that inning could have blown up in their face. I mean, it could have really hurt the Indians and they were fortunate to come out of there with one run and uh, Henkes did a pretty good job. Sam Henkes, the rookie lefty did a pretty good job keeping his composure and just kind of, you know, limiting the damage there. A couple more thoughts on Angel Hernandez before we get into Henches and the, uh, the rest of the game there. Uh, obviously, Angel Hernandez uh, had just lost back in March his, uh, his lawsuit against the league. Uh, he had claimed back in 2017 that he had been discriminated against, uh, passed over for promotion to crew chief. Uh, and the league's contention was it was not because uh, of anything racially based. It was based on his performance and his lack of leadership, basically, in <laughs> which was a prime example of what happened last night uh, That as to, as to why he got passed over. This is why Angel Hernandez is consistently rated one of the worst umpires in all of baseball. Yeah, he is, his reputation is not the best. And uh, wherever he goes, it's, it's like trouble seems, you know, something gets screwed up wherever he goes. And it's, you know, that's, that's, a, that's part of his fault and just part of his reputation that, that just seems to, uh, you know, follow him around. And it's, that's hard to shake. That really, really is for a, for a big league umpire. Well, Terry Francona got his money's worth in an argument afterwards, uh, stayed out there and, and you know, contended that uh, Hernandez was wrong and, and Terry Francona was mad and he, he, you know, put his two cents in. But afterwards, like you said, uh, Francona could only say things like, you know, why does this always happen when Angel is here? And, you know, I knew if I, I protested or, or, you know, did whatever, it, would, it wouldn't amount to much. Uh, a guy like Angel Hernandez has the job he has. And if they haven't fired him for being basically incompetent up, up until now, it's not going to happen. Yeah. And, you know, he could have, he said he thought about filing a protest, but, you know, the Indians win, the protest is gone. So, you know, that, that doesn't stand and if, they, if you win the games. But uh, still, um, you know, who knows? It could have been, he could have, you know, easily played it under protest. But I think, uh, I don't know. <laughs> you know, I, 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 I think he's, he's uh, Tito's been around long enough that uh, those protests rarely, if ever, get upheld. Right. Uh, as far as anything from the league, you know, we'll wait to hear uh, if there was, uh, if there's, any sort of release about this, but probably unlikely. They've, they've probably told the Indians already, you know, what should have happened and uh, you just move on and you, and you live with it. Uh, later on in the game, Angel Hernandez had a call overturned on a an infield hit by Jose Ramirez, where he called Ramirez out at first base. It was obvious to everybody in the ballpark that Ramirez was safe. Uh, the Indians challenged, the review was, uh, you know, overturned. Uh, not an uncommon thing to have Angel Hernandez overturned. Uh, but, hey, you know, he's behind the plate uh, for tonight's game with Shane Bieber on the mound, which could be a whole nother mess. Yeah, in the first two uh, games, Joe, just from, you know, being being home and uh, watching it on TV, 
the umpiring has not been great. They, they, they have that, that strike zone is moving around. I know it's a tired job, but it is uh, low pitches, high pitches. You know, uh, we'll see if Angel can uh, kind of reel it in and, and bring some consistency to the calls. Well, hey, and you know what? The Indians aren't the only ones who, who have a uh, reason to complain about Hernandez in this series already. Uh, on Monday, I believe it was uh, Eddie Rosario running for a base hit, got the ball past the pitcher, and Nicky Lopez came in and made a nice play. But in order to make that play, he had to jump out of the way and avoid Angel Hernandez. And Nicky Lopez wound up flipping up in the air and almost breaking his arm. Uh, on the play because Hernandez didn't know where to be in position and almost almost injured a player. So uh, again, just a, a, another uh, in the long highlight reel list of, of things that are, are wrong with Angel Hernandez. Uh, and, uh, you know, I've, I've gone on for 10 minutes about it. I've said my piece. Um, I'm pretty upset about it because I come from a place of, of, of officiating and, I, you know, a little bit of a background. And I, I kind of understand and sympathize with umpires and referees, you know, for, for getting the criticism, but when it's, when it's this bad, something needs to be done. Yeah. And I'm wondering, Joe, if he, you know, if he ran out to right field, you know, is his head moving? Can he, or does he have a better view if you're just taking it, you know, if your head's not moving, if you're running and your head is bouncing up and down, do you, do you have as clear path, a sight on the ball, sight line on the ball? I, I don't know, maybe if he's a younger man, I, I think he, he there, there would be less uh, less of a question there. Uh, but no, it, when you're basketball officials, uh, football officials, they move, they don't, it doesn't affect their yeah. their vision or ability to see the ball or a play. They can keep their their eyes on the ball basically when when they're running. Uh, I don't think it's, it should be a problem for a, a baseball umpire to run and make a, make a call at the same time. Uh, you know, like I said, basketball officials sure, certainly have sure. enough vision to see while they're moving constantly in a game. So, yeah. uh, no, I, I, poor mechanics is what caused that that situation. Yeah. Poor mechanics and, and laziness, basically, by Angel Hernandez. Or I, I just can't believe we have a major league umpire who admits, admits, freely admits that he guessed on the call. I guessed. I couldn't see it. I, I had to make a call. I guessed. I, I, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't register with me. So, There's never been a better time to register for Indian subtext and get all your Cleveland Indians news with updates from Cleveland.com reporters Paul Hoynes and Joe Noga. Get on board now by going to joinsubtext.com slash Cleveland Indians. Our subscriber-based service gives you the latest news, analysis, and more from the Indians. For $3.99 a month, you get everything we're hearing from the team and the first word before things are announced. We text you big breaking news directly to your phone, even before it's up on cleveland.com. And you can text us directly with your questions and opinions on everything from the team's name to that day's lineup. And it's the only way to get your questions and comments on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Why sign up? Hear from one of our subscribers. I'm uh, Jeff Heinerson. I grew up there in Milan, Ohio, but I now live out in Idaho. I've been here for 40 years, and uh, my son was born and raised here, and I got him as a birthday present uh, your subtext. And I wanted to thank Paul for sending him a birthday greeting and to tell you that he is really enjoying the subtext. He even He's not from Ohio, but because he grew up with me, he's hardcore 
Indian fan. So thanks again. Jeff and all of our Indian subtext subscribers agree. There's a lot going on with the Indians, and the best way to keep up is with Indian subtext. Go to joinsubtext.com slash Cleveland Indians, or better yet, text Hoinsey at 216-208-4346. Again, that's 216-208-4346. We look forward to hearing from you on Indian subtext. All right, moving on. We mentioned Sam Henches. Uh, Sam Henches started, uh, well, guess uh, he didn't start. He was supposed to start. Yeah. Phil Maton started. Phil Maton was the opener. Terry Francona went full Kevin Cash and used a, uh, used an opener in, in the traditional sense in terms of he wanted Phil Maton to get through the first six batters in the Royals order, and he was well on his way. Uh, until that second inning and all of a sudden Hunter Dozier doubles and uh, you know, another walk. And then he brings in Michael, Ta- Michael Taylor, single him on in Michael Taylor, single him home. And, and then you bring in Henches to face uh seven, eight, nine in the second inning. Uh, you know, what did you see out of Henches? And is there something there uh, to, to build on moving forward? I, you know, I, I liked the way he, yeah, I think there is something, uh, I think th- it's going to be a work in progress. I don't think this guy is just going to be the next Shane Bieber and just jump in there and, and you know, start going five, six, seven innings, that kind of thing, and striking eight, ten people out a game. I think this there's going to be a growing process. I think he's going to be a lot better, Joe, when he gets into a five-day rotation. He's not coming in, in, in you know, with runners on base in the second inning, you know, in an opener-type situation. I think they were just trying to – make it as easy as possible for him. Like you, we were talking before the podcast, they wanted him to face, you know, the, the bottom of the order come in then, you know, in the, in the second inning or, or whenever. So, you know, he wouldn't have to go through that lineup a, a couple times. So, um, you know, I, I thought he had a good breaking ball. He had, you know, great velocity strike zone. I mean, he, he was a little inconsistent, you know, with, with the strike zone, but I thought he, I thought he did okay. You know, just hung in there, kept him in the game. And, uh, what he, they were down, what, three, nothing, I think when they let, when he mm-hmm. left. Yeah. I, I think, uh, all of that will come. Remember Shane Bieber wasn't Shane Bieber, his first handful of outings. He needed a, you know, a couple of months to sort of get into the groove. But once he did, he was, he, he was established quickly. His, his command, was what sort of, uh, you know, carried him through. Sam Hench just doesn't have that pinpoint command, so yeah. it's going to take a little more work to, to get there. Uh, yeah, I, I, I guess the the rotation now is, is the question. The, the, the last two spots in that order, Hedges yeah. and, and McKenzie, how long can the Indians go with sort of uncertainty in that until something clicks? And, uh, you know, we'll see McKenzie on uh, Thursday, Thursday afternoon, but you know, he's the, the clock's got to be ticking on, uh, you know, opportunities for McKenzie to go out there and prove that he can, he can keep the Indians in ball games. Yeah. And uh, I think both those spots and, and really, I don't know where the, where, how, how many people are in the pipeline to possibly, you know, bring somebody up and help, help them out. Or, Cause it looks like, I mean, they, they've got so many young guys, they, you know, and McKenzie, I mean, this works for, you know, uh, Hankis and the, you know, all those guys at AAA, they miss all last year. So, you know, that their, their, their progress, they've been set back with it, with a, a year of missing a baseball or a year of activity. And uh, McKenzie just coming off that weird, weird start. 
in, in, in Chicago, what, <laughs> four walks, six, six strikeouts, one hit, five runs, two innings. You know, you're not going to see a pitching line like that again for a while. Hopefully not McKenzie won't. Uh, so, and he's just, uh, we haven't seen the ability for him to get deep into a game yet, Joe. I mean, I don't think he's, he's re maybe reached a fifth inning once. Um, so he's, he's got to be able to do that. He's got to be progressing. You know, there's a question about his velo. His velo is fluctuating, you know, 90, 92. It, it's not consistent. Um, and I know he loves to pitch at the top of the zone, Joe. And, and, uh, and it's all right when you're 90, 91 and you're, and you're right at the top of the zone or a little above it and they're missing, uh, the hitters are missing. But when, if you drop down and you're still throwing there, you're going to get hurt. And, uh, you know, we've seen that. We saw that in Chicago. Right. Yeah. That's, that's when he's most effective is when he's, you know, mid nineties velo at the top of that zone and, and can throw the good curveball. Uh, yeah. we haven't seen that in his last several outings. So, uh, don't know if it's something mechanically or if there's something there physically that's, that's wrong. Obviously a, a guy who's, who's suffered a lot of suffered through a lot of injuries and, and come back and, 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 you know, made it all the way back, but just how healthy is he right now? It could be a, a, a question mark for sure. Uh, one thing that's helped the Indians the last two nights uh, scoring late in the game, something they've become sort of proficient at over the last several uh, ball games and they, they lead the league or are among the league leaders in uh, batting after the sixth inning and scoring runs after the sixth inning. Uh, they've, uh, you know, the, the number escapes me right now, but uh, it's pretty high in terms of their scoring average after the sixth inning. Uh, you saw it again last night with four more runs after the sixth. Uh, Jake Bowers coming through with a two-run home run, but really the story of the game, Harold Ramirez playing in only his second game in center field for Cleveland, uh, came through with a couple of hits, a, a game-tying uh, single in the, in the sixth and a, a go-ahead double in the eighth. Uh, that, that scored for Emil Reyes. Yeah, that was a great piece of hitting in, in the eighth inning there, Joe, when he went the opposite way right down to right field line to give him the lead. Um, you know, he, he's the fourth different guy that's played uh, center field for the Indians this year. Uh, outside of Luplo, he looks, he's the guy, he, he looks like he's the, he's the best hitter as well. Now, all he has to do is catch the ball now. So I don't know about, <clears throat> that's a question, but uh, you know, he's, he's, they, they uh, activated him for this Kansas city series because they were facing three left-handed starters and he certainly has swung the bat. Well, he, you know, Francona said he can hit a fastball. He's showing that. Um, I, I don't know where he goes from here. I don't even know if he's in center field tonight. Maybe if Luplo is healthy, uh, he'll move over to center and, uh, and uh, Rosario could be back in the lineup and in, in, in left. But uh, he's certainly an interesting hitter, interesting player, Joe, a guy that, you know, has, has you know, has opened some eyes and, uh, you know, he, he's, he's given them, he, he's added another bat to that lineup where they, where they desperately, desperately need it. And that's, that's how desperate they are at this point is it's only two games in and he's already generated some buzz. Oh, maybe they've, they've found the answer here with the, with him. It's, it's only after two games. I mean, he could go hitless for his next, you know, three appearances or whatever. Uh, it, it just, it, it, they're so desperate to, to have that hole in center field filled 
Um, and so, yeah, Ramirez will, I think, has at least earned another chance, uh, at least one more chance uh, to start uh, in, in this series at some point. Uh, and Bowers last night, the home run, the pinch hit home run, two-run shot, uh, his first in 69 at-bats uh, dating back to 2019. Uh, kind of felt good for him. He, he was excited about it, fired his batting helmet down the, the tunnel after he got into the, uh, the Indians' dugout. Uh, and, and Tito mentioned it was good to see his, a smile on his face like, uh, like he had been you know, weighted down by the fact that he wasn't producing runs. Uh, and he said so after the ball game. Yeah, that that was good to see. And, you know, I like I just like kind of where he's at right now, Joe. You know, when you listen to him talk and I, I you know, you you don't know for sure, but he seems seems like like a, a team first, such a, you know, a team first guy, such, you know, just appreciative of, uh, you know, just getting a chance and coming through. Finally, you know, you can sympathize or empathize with them. And uh, he seemed to uh, his teammates seemed to rally around him after that home run. Um, so that's good to see. Bring some energy to the ballpark, to the team. And maybe this gets him going because he has been hitting a little bit. He's ha has been hitting better lately. You know, he's not an automatic out like he was at, at the first part of the year, the first month of the year. Yeah, that's true. All right. Well, uh, like we said earlier tonight, Shane Bieber on the mound, Brady Singer, uh, the opposition uh, for the Royals. Uh could be an interesting night with Angel Hernandez behind the plate. Uh, could be an interesting night if the Indians uh, get a chance to take advantage of a, a young pitcher who, you know, is a, is a high prospect. But, uh, you know, his, the last time they faced him, he almost no hit them in, in Cleveland back last season. So, uh, they're, so his confidence will definitely be up for sure. Um, you know, what, what to expect tonight when Shane Bieber goes out there and and tries to make it 19 games in a row with at least eight strikeouts. You know, I think they're in a great spot right now, Joe. This is, uh, you know, if you look at, uh, I think they've won, uh, you know, they go two and one against the Twins at home. They end that last year, last the last homestand. Two and one in Chicago. They're two and zero oh here. You know, they've gone from four games out to one game out in in the Central. Uh, you win the first two games in in Kansas City's park, and you got you know the four, uh, the defending Cy Young winner going for you tonight. So you're in a great spot. And uh, Kansas City and Chicago are tied for first place. The Tribe is one game out. Um, interesting game, and, and it could be you know this this could be you know you couldn't ask for a better spot. I don't think with with Bieber on the mound for you. All right. Well, we'll see if the Indians can take advantage of it uh, tonight. We'll be back with you tomorrow here on the. Cleveland Baseball Talk Podcast. Talk to you later.